these videos are with me and Father to kind of articulate why we're here, why we're going through this mission of articulating what we're trying to accomplish being that I am a man who's in my 30s. I went through what most people in my generation did of being a person who went to church a lot, especially during the developmental years, and then for whatever reason kind of faded away, and now we're here looking at the problem that people just are not, whether it be Catholicism or any other religion, just are not going to church anymore or any other f systematic format, and therefore the element of, of God in the life is de deteriorating and, and falling away. So the purpose of this really is to have frank discussions about that through the format of what's going on in everyday life. And uh, I'm here, my name is Joe, and I'm here with Father Boniface, who's one of the, uh, the smartest persons I've ever heard, especially when it comes to articulating things um, through the medium of radio. And since we're doing podcasts here, it seems to be a natural fit. So with that being said, Father, I think I'd be right to let you kick off with what got you to this point, uh, being able to be here in your life, to want to be able to articulate this greatness that is the mission of trying to get closer to God, and and maybe how we can we can get there together. Thanks, Joe. It's a a blessing to have the opportunity. As uh, I listen to a little bit of your zeal and desire to. Uh, grow in faith yourself, and then also find a way to reach out to um, other people like yourself in their 20s and 30s, and maybe having grown up Catholic, but uh, still working out their faith journey. I thought, well, I'm. Uh, there are people who articulate it, despite your uh, your kind affirmation. There are people who articulate these things better than I do. Uh, I'm not Catholic answers, but I am a spiritual director. And uh, mm -hmm. I teach spiritual direction at St. Vincent Seminary, and hopefully uh, I'm going to publish a book on that. And I thought maybe what we can do is uh, something that looks a little bit like spiritual direction, uh, because it's in the public setting. It's not going to be entirely like spiritual direction, but um, there would be something like spiritual direction. And as you said, Joe, when we talked before setting up this uh, video chat, this podcast, you said, well, I, I bet that a lot of the kinds of questions and um, things that are going on in my life and my spiritual life are going to be speak to be able to speak to people like me. And so maybe if you and I talk about it, then that'll be helpful for somebody else. And a little different format for uh, to present those kinds of things. Yeah, and, and, uh, and that's certainly the hope here is that, um, you know, I, no one wants to make themselves up on a pedestal, but I like to think I'm pretty much normal like the rest of us out there. <laughs> and um, I know that in my life, you know, I, I, I've um, I've gone through growing up. I, I started in a Catholic school. We ended up moving away from there. Went to a public school for a while. Then that particular school at the end of elementary school was sixth grade. My mom had a big problem with 7 through 12 together in the same building in terms of grades. So I ended up going to um, to another Catholic school, which was just 7th and 8th grade. Um, they spun that as you get to get your Catholic education with your confirmation together. So good sales pitch. And, um, and that's how that went. And then lo and behold, 
um, Catholic elementary school led to a Catholic high school which then in turn led to a Catholic college in which I got a business degree and I don't think aside from one course took a single Catholicism course in college but nonetheless mm -hmm. I got a business degree and all those fun things that go along with it so um, so with, with the point of this being about the faith as I look back through my own life in terms of the faith there are elements where I got closer to God or fell away so on you know, like an accordion almost. We brought it in, we, we were doing something mm. good, and then it fell apart, and back and forth. And as I look around, it, it seems to be something that's common with, with the people that are around me, one way or another, that just seems to be the way it is. And I ask myself, you know, why is this? You know, what what is the cause of it? And for better or worse, the people that, show you the most flaws in your generation or the generation above you one that's older than you um, mm -hmm. I did the exact same thing with my cousin who's actually um, she was born in 2000 so that's a full 15 years later that's about a full generation and right. everything people say that's wrong with, with my generation we, we can't connect with people we live on our phones we don't really you know, communicate well or anything like that I look at them as like that's everything they say about us, but worse. <laughs> you know, they're just going down that, that pipeline and accelerating it. And when I think through it, what is the cause? What What is the element that's got me in that accordion style of getting closer to God and getting away is that when I truly look back at the elements of definitely high school and before, and possibly even before, the real answer is, well, why did you go to church? Why did you do all the CCD and then therefore later, um, you know, religious teachings? And the answer really ultimately is because we were forced to, <laughs> you mm. know. Um, Mom took yeah. us there. We had to do it. And thankfully, I, I mean, I got lucky later on in life that I, I stumbled into this is that when when – as an, as an inherent salesperson, you can't just say you're buying this because I say so. <laughs> and you know, you want this car? No, it's it's you. You, I'm making you take this car. That, that doesn't work. It, it, it's you want it because you want it. And I think that there is a disconnect that happens somewhere with us as people, um, where getting just told you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this doesn't work it anymore once you get to your inherent freedom and for most of us myself included was that's when you go away to college you don't have anyone telling you what you have to do anymore right. you now get your choices right so I think that there was a disconnect somewhere along the way and then that's what part of this program is to fix is that there's a real value in getting close to God as obviously you know better than, than most of us being a priest yourself and one of the things that, you know, part of this is going to be handling real issues that come up in, in my daily life and kind of you telling me what I did mm -hmm. wrong and how to do it better, um, but how to address the problems in a way that's not, well, that's because you have to do it this way and that's just the way it is and because I said so. So trying to avoid that as the answer. Now, that being said, there are certain universal facts that we just can't fight. For instance, 
gravity is going to turn on whether you like it or not you're not going to start <laughs> floating away into the universe and you know there's just going to be some things that you know that are going to be impossible to, to fight you know murder is wrong something that was breathing had a pulse no longer has a breathing and a pulse because of you means you killed it and that's wrong so can't really get around stuff like that you know lying is bad um you know you know they they made tablets of it about as far as the stuff you need to follow that are the absolute truths but as you know we go through life not only is it clear that not only is just every book in the bible essentially a highlight film because in reality, you can't write down an entire life story in a couple of pages and think you're going to cover everything. That's real life. But there's also, you know, what do we do to know that we're going in the right direction? What, 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 where, what is the right direction? Because I know that just going through myself, um, you know, I, I know that each person in my family has a different definition of what is the right direction. And... It seems with something that ends up as an absolute, with the absolute being when you die, you're going to get judged. And this might just be me interpreting things wrong, but judgment means you either won or you lost. So therefore, if all of us have different ways of thinking of how we're going to get judged, with none of us actually ever being alive when the person who makes the judgments was alive, how do we know if we are going the right direction and so on and so forth. So with those being kind of the overarching goals of this, let's start with the big question up front. How do we know if we're doing something right? And, and what is right? And, and what, how? Well, Joe, I, I think the question of how we know if we're moving in the right direction is a, is a good one. And I want to I wanna turn that around on you in, in, uh, in two ways, in the sense that uh, you you gave a little description that I think is uh, common for a lot of people, you know, kind of grew up being forced into to go and participate in these different things. And you had more education in the faith than I did. I, I grew up with no exposure to Christianity other than what was on television or okay. uh, that I've heard my neighbors talking about. So I was never forced into any of that religious practice. But um, I certainly saw my college classmates go for a little while in college and then kind of peter out. And uh, when I asked them about their faith, they didn't have much to say. And uh, so, but something happened in your life. And I would say you, you would probably describe your life as better because that thing happened. Mm -hmm. That's brought you to a place that you want to talk to a priest on and record this and share it with your uh, with, with whoever, uh, but people who are in a situation like you of maybe mm -hmm. not getting it. Uh, what, what changed in your life, for one thing? And then second, you, you had to make a commitment to move forward in that. You described the accordion. I like that accordion image of kind of going farther away, getting closer again, going farther away. But at some point, it kind of stuck. And you had enough conviction to say, this is a good direction. I'm going to keep going in this direction. What, how do you evaluate that? Yeah, um, well, I mean, that's, that's that's a broad answer. Um, I guess the linear timeline is probably the easiest way to do it. When I was in college, um, thankful to some some sales some sales ability I had earlier in life, is that I had the ability to do abroad, 
and the place that my college does abroad is Rome. So I literally was two bus stops away from the Vatican. So we actually nice. were in a convent. Um, I cannot remember for the life of me the uh, the nuns that let us have it, but they wore blue, and that probably doesn't narrow it down at all. But um, but that was them, and um, so we were there. And when you spend three months in Rome. Um, through a Catholic college, and by the way, that is where I did my religion course, as well as all the other core courses, mainly the art ones, so I was, my art course was going through the history of church design, so you got to see all of them throughout the, the Rome's a good place to see a lot of evolution yeah, churches, they don't rip anything cool. down, <laughs> so, um, so I was able to see all that, and I had my religious course over there and all that. But th- there were a couple of things that, that struck me there that were just different. And and for better or worse, they, they just kind of sank in. And the first one actually was one of the very earlier days. And I encourage anyone who can do this to go to Santa Maria, uh, Santa Maria Maggiore. Um, St. Mary the Major is the way it's said in English. And it, I walked in there. First of all, it was huge, which is was just great. And it, it's the church where the Pope does Christmas Mass because it's you know the one that's dedicated to that. They're supposed to be part of the manger in there under the altar, and, and that all that was all great. But when I walked into one of the side chapels, I looked straight up into the dome and I saw something I never. I mean, I'm sure I've saw it before in my life, but I never fully grasped it. And it was, it wasn't just a painting of Jesus because I mean, I've seen that a billion times, right? I mean, you see those everywhere, <laughs> you know. You, you, you can't go really go without seeing those, but at the top of it, inside the inner dome above it, where light was coming through, it was actually a picture of God looking down at you, and I've never seen one where it's just him. You know, all hmm. the rest of them were him sitting next to Jesus and just kind of chilling and looking. Sometimes he got the dove with him, sometimes he doesn't, but it's always him with Jesus, and and that just kind of put it together that. You know, it, it was something that struck me. It was probably something obvious. I probably had seen it before and just didn't recognize it, but it was something that was just a standout thing. And then the next thing also there was one of the things they did early on during the Emperor's, uh, I forget which one it was. I'm sure they told me. <laughs> I'm probably going to lose points in a retrospective grade. But one <laughs> of the Emperors back in the day, while Rome owned everything, including the Middle East, they took the steps that Jesus went up for the judgment of Pilate, and they brought him back to Rome. Just like, hey, we're taking these, we're bringing them back. <laughs> and it's like, alright, cool. And when you go up them, you can't walk up them the way you would walk up any other flight of steps in your life. You have to take them on your knees. And not only that, you're not allowed to touch them. They, they're literally um, two-by-fours, or if not thicker, um, probably two-by-twelves, but covering it up so you can't touch the steps um, and, and just the element of it you're sitting there or kneeling there rather and watching these nuns do an entire decade of the rosary before they would take a single step up on your knees on pure hardwood with no padding whatsoever doing an entire decade and then you look up and you see there's about 60 steps so it's about three stories, which most people don't like walking at all, and these these women were doing on their knees and seeing the power there and seeing that there's 
really something to it, and I guess that's part of the problem is I don't know how to articulate that. Um, you know, aside from the fact that you, you see it in other people really working hard and going at it, but it's not something I could tangibly explain, but there was something in me. And then I came back here, back here in America, obviously, and going through life, that's where kind of the accord, that was probably the, one of the tight points of the Accordion, and it's it, it spanned out, you know, going through life, you know, you, you're just coming out of college, trying to make a career, and, and and working on deadlines and quotas, and you gotta get this done, and all this, and then, you know, you, you go through life, figuring out who you want to be with, that didn't work, she didn't work, thought that would work, alright, and now, um, you know, lo and behold, it, I guess the the close point now that that got me here is is the girl that I'm with now, and she's very faith centric. And what led me to calling you up to having this conversation actually was a byproduct of us being in a meeting that her church essentially is is not going to be able to fiscally survive. And you know, having been in business long enough, having a couple of myself. You can't run an operation that is five figures in debt consistently without it working. I mean, that just isn't feasible, period. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, but that meeting had a very key fact come out of it. And it was something that, that, that struck me pretty much from the moment that I realized it. I was in Rome. I was in the Vatican, like the center of everything. And I would look around, and there weren't people my age. I mean, there were a couple of us. I mean, we were in college. But for the most part, it was everyone older than us. And this guy actually gave numbers to that feeling. It was to have a culture survive, a faith culture survive, 50% of the people there have to be younger than 40. And I'm sitting there looking around and going, well, this isn't even close to that. And why is that? And obviously the answer is, well, there's not enough people like me there. <laughs> and therefore, mm. our kids, and you can obviously slice that to, to people in their college and, and whatnot. So there clearly is something that is missing that that needs to be fixed. And obviously sitting here, I can't articulate that. Um, and I'm hoping that you know that, that, that you can help with that. I know that you just I asked you a question, you spun it back by me answering with an eight-minute response, and you said about thirty seconds worth of words. So hoping that you can uh, give us the answer here. <laughs> well, I want to zero in. Thanks for for sharing all that. I, I think it's so helpful to hear some of those moments that that critical moment of seeing God, you know, an image of God, but. Somehow he became a little bit more tangible. You had to go out of yourself. You had to go out of your comfort zone. You're in Rome. You're surrounded by a lot of things. There's a different kind of culture there. And so it opened you to a new view of some truth, of this truth that you sort of gave lip service to more or less in growing up. But in this moment then, that became more tangible, more real. And then you saw people making a real sacrifice on the holy stairs in Rome, mm-hmm. and the depth of their conviction moved you, and you could say, "Do I have that kind of conviction? Do I have that kind of conviction about anything, <laughs> let alone about God?" 
you know what's there, there's something real here so you had the kind of personal experience and then you had a sort of vicarious a secondhand experience that god is real so you had an experience of something that moved you internally and helped you to take your faith to another level and then uh, we can just have these these sort of uh you know mountaintop experiences and then essentially do nothing with them and that's where uh, your girlfriend helped you mm-hmm. that a woman of faith and again you see the faith is important in her life and so you're not really willing to just cast this off and and that puts you in some ways in a different category than some other people i think i think there are some people who just cast off faith completely I, i'm just going to live without this well there you're was concerned... a six-year gap um, between the two events <laughs> let, let, let's acknowledge that okay see there we go so those things uh but those things stayed with you and you knew that they had a, a depth and a value and and that's a good uh, good thing for us to reflect on uh, just two days ago december 17th 2016 pope francis was preaching to the cardinals and talked to them about the importance of memory taking that stop to look back at our own experience it's it's an important practice so i'm glad that it's one of the benefits also of the conversation you might not um, be motivated to look back at your own memory to ask yourself these questions but it's part of what happens in a dialogue it's part of the benefit of, of some spiritual direction is to look at what's uh what's significant in my life what are the prominent moments and we start to see that god is involved in those moments you listed two that obviously have to do with God. Um, love has to do with God. And some of those profound moments that have to do with love, falling in love, deepening a relationship in love, God is very present there because God is love. Now, we can have those moments without being aware of God's presence, but it's richer to recognize his presence. It's richer to recognize that he is there. And so my question back to you, you're saying, what's, how do we measure life? How do we measure you know, good or bad in life? And what I'm trying to draw is, is from your experience, you have a sense that life with God is better than life without God. And we can dig into that better a little bit more. But I think that's an important starting point for us, that life with God is better than life without God. What, what is it that comes also from having a relationship with God. How has your life, as you uh, you had those kind of big moments and then several years later now, perhaps with the, the girl that you're dating and seeing her faith, you're getting locked in a little bit more. And, you know, what's uh, what difference does that make? What difference does it make that God is in your life, that you have that deeper commitment, that deeper conviction? See, I, I think that's part of the, the challenge of all of us. I don't know how to tangibly articulate that. <laughs> Um, and, and I think that that's 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 a great challenge of it is that you know it, it's not like I magically wake up and don't get frustrated anymore or have have hard stuff or anything like that. You know, I have sales fall through that that make me want to uh, to gun the car and, and drive right off a cliff sometimes. I mean, that, that's life, you know. And um, you know that's um, that I think that's that's part of of the challenge of all of it is that you know how do you tangibly show the results you know this isn't I go out and practice pitching for 
for four years and now I can throw a 94 mile an hour fastball right on the outside corner you know it, 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 it doesn't show like that and you know you do get kind of this feeling that I, I think I'm doing it the right way and it, and it feels like it's doing it right but there, there's two elements of this and at least that I've experienced um, the first being that nothing that is worthwhile is doing comes easy so therefore you need to keep working at it you know you, you're not going to be able to wake up and collectively bench 300 if you just never try <laughs> so and never push yourself towards it and so therefore you got to keep pushing yourself and working I get that and there's also another element from a different side of life being that you know this practice worked really well I was able to go off sales at it so what did I do without thinking about it one way or another now I do something totally different and it's not really as awesome or maybe it's better but who knows but the point is is that we tend to just drift down current even if we found a really good fishing spot and um, that seems to be something I found with just general parts so therefore I don't know if that's a roundabout answer or if that's even an answer at all but um, that's where I don't know how to articulate something's right you know it's, it's not like there's mile marks to say you've done this you're good and I think that that's part of the problem we have with the way that we're taught in the beginning. Second grade, first communion, good. You know, eighth grade, confirmation, good. Later on in life, marriage, good. Eventually, inevitably, last rites, good. Well, there's a lot more to it in between there that um, I think that I have no idea how to articulate because there's not those milestones for. And. You know. let, let me push in uh, just a little bit, mm -hmm. and maybe I can even use uh, one of your analogies. It's true that, uh, you know, the the pitcher that can learn to pitch a 94 mile an hour, uh, hour fastball over the over the corner of the bay of the of the plate, mm -hmm. he learns how to do that first in practice. Yeah, and he's at the perfection of his game when he can do that in any setting. Mm-hmm. And it's similar in, our, in terms of our relationship with God. Our relationship with God grows in the easiest circumstances first before it can spread out into every area of our life. So you listed a number of areas where your relationship with God has maybe not fully penetrated. Uh, not Again, not that it just makes life easy or something like that, but there is a way that we can have peace, that we can have hope that there can be joy in the midst of difficulties and trials. We look at the ultimate example of that in the saints mm -hmm. who could, you know, even have joy as they're being crucified <laughs> or, you know, there's some extreme examples of that. But so um, maybe uh, we have a, a minute or two, I think. Mm -hmm. if, is, there, is there some area in life where you feel close to God or where do you feel most close to God or where do you feel like God it plays a mo the most active role or the most tangible role in your life. Yeah, I, well, um, you actually spawned a question there, which I think in turn is going to respond to the answer, is that, it, for at least for myself, my mind doesn't stop. It, it, it's constantly a problem-solving, dealing with it, figuring out how to make this better, so on and so forth. And I definitely think that that's a great gift of it. Um, 
you know, as far as saying this is a problem, let's let's figure out how to tackle it and, and go from there. Um, it's just a core concept. I think that that's one of the, the, the things that that definitely has been a gift that's blessed upon me, and all of that, and and, and that kind of gets me to maybe a wrong way I was taught or maybe a wrong way I look at or, or what have you is that you, you hear all these attributes you need to be like this you need to be like this that you need to be humble you need to be able to to, to, to enjoy the hard times you need to be able to push through the problems um, and, you know in, in certain elements of my life I got that you know you when it's raining you still got to show up and run through run through the hole to make the play you know you got to be able to um, to, to push yourself and, and that's all right um, humility is one of the ones I never truly understood because by definition it seems contradictory to say I'm the most humble person ever um, but that's just a, probably a digression for another day <laughs> um, so so I, I, I definitely think that it's the ability to think and push myself to do new thoughts to be able to handle that but as you said that these are designed to be 30 minutes and we're kind of approaching the last minute here um, not that I want to discount the conversation at all, that's why we'll do multiple of these um, so as we approach here now the last 30 seconds uh, what do you think the next step should be? Well why don't we uh, pray about that a little bit <laughs> Fair enough Fair enough, well then we'll come up with the answer here in, in, in the next compartment and um, thank everyone out there for listening and, uh, and you'll hear from us for the, the next regular installment. Thank you guys for giving your time, and thank you for subscribing to uh, Father and Joe. Have a great day, everyone.